we give thanks and praise to you for your goodness. Lord, we find our rest in you today. Heavenly Father, we live in a, in a world that causes us to be weary. Uh, we live in a world that is painful. Though we thank you that we can find our rest in you because you suffered upon the cross, taking our sins away. And you were resurrected on the third day, alive today, present with us today, still reaching out to heal, still reaching out to give life. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to hear from Lan Wicks, and she shares a testimony with us of your goodness. Amen. Lan, would you come forward? Today, Lan is going to share a story of the goodness of Jesus with you, of how Jesus has done a work in her life. Thank you, Lan. I'm Lan. Bob Wicks is my husband. On the first day of spring, it's been 50 years that we have been married now. So it's pretty exciting. love him just as much as at the beginning. Oh, life for all of us is kind of like a roller coaster on this earth. You go up and down and all around. By the way, I hate roller coasters. <laughs> all around and in the world especially, we have no control and um, it's hard, it's really hard, and it's not gonna change until Christ comes back and makes it all right again. Um, we have our own stories of our own personal roller coasters, and I'm gonna share my, a very small part of my story this morning with you. For 29 years, I have been chronically ill, and the reason that most of you probably have never seen me is because I have not been able to make it to church um, for almost two years. And it's so good to be here. It is so good. So um, my immune system has been attacking my own body for this amount of time. And it shows itself in extreme fatigue and pain and brain fog every day. And when I get a big flare-up, I'm down. I can be down for one day, I can be down for a week. And it gets, the fatigue gets to the point where I haven't even wanted to put forth the effort to breathe. It's just, oh, I have to breathe. It's, it's not been easy. But 200, 200, 2021 has been a particularly rough year for me, um, especially this last April and May. There were some disturbing new symptoms that popped up. And so both of those two months, I was mostly going to doctors, one test after another, after another, after another, got to know my PCP really well, and she's awesome. Um, 
Gratefully, the results were not as bad as she thought they might be. And so I had one last appointment with her, and it was just for my yearly checkup. So we were both kind of in a party mood that things weren't as bad as we thought. And uh, we started our exam, and we were talking and joking and laughing. And all of a sudden, at the very end, she goes, oh, um, I see a lump here that's about one and a half by two and a half inches. And my heart just sank. And my first thought was, if this is cancer, how would my body ever handle any kind of those treatments? My second thought was, really, Lord, really? Again and again. Five days later, my husband, Bob, who is Maple Park's bookkeeper, came to the church on Tuesday because that's his day. He works here, and he was going to work on the budget. Pastor Adam asked him how I was doing, and he told him, and immediately, Pastor Adam said, oh, can I just pray for her in person, anoint her with oil, and the laying on of hands, as it says to do in the Bible? And my response was immediate, yes. So the next day, I came here to the church, um, Sorry, I brain fog. <laughs> um, Pastor Dirk was here too. And they both prayed beautiful, beautiful heartfelt prayers for me. After the anointing of oil and the laying on of hands. The day after their prayers, I had all my tests. It was May 27th, 2021. There was a different technician in each room, one for the mammogram, one for the diagnostic mammogram, one for the ultrasound. So I was going from room to room. At each of the different tests, they all responded the same. These were all different people in charge. They were confused. They kept looking at the results on the I don't even know what the names are for these things on um, the x-ray, whatever was coming up. They kept looking at their, all the results and they said, um, there's nothing at all here, nothing. And each person said that and I was thinking, okay, that's confusing, they're confused, I'm confused. And the doctor came in and said, no, this is all good. You're fine. So on the way home, I was pondering their sense of confusion. And then I became confused. And I thought, how could something this large not even show up on all those tests? And um, we got home. And I checked it again, and it was gone. It is gone. And 
Wow, I'm still stunned. Um, God answered our prayers. He made it disappear. It is gone. That evening, I remembered that when I was 16, it was that same day that um, a girlfriend took me to a Billy Graham crusade in Portland. And I grew up in a non-Christian family and um, a very traumatic family, very traumatic. So I heard the news of Jesus Christ for the first time at 16, and I met my Christ that day. And ever since then, he has brought me through whatever's been going on, whatever doesn't get taken care of, even if he hadn't removed or made disappear this huge lump, I would still be thrilled with him, loving him, thanking him, just for the fact that he's in my life. So we're not alone in each of our roller coasters. We've got Christ, we've got each other, and that's why I'm here. That's why Pastor Adam asked me, so that we could encourage one another in the power of God's love. We may not see it all the time. We especially don't seem to see it much anymore in America, but um, he's still doing it. He's still doing it. I'm here to say that. And by the way, in these 53 years of loving Christ, I have never met a pastor who loves his flock so much. Um, pastor Adam is the first pastor to ever reach out to me in prayer in those 53 years. I praise God for a touch of heaven on earth, this miracle of mine, and I praise God for his servant leader who is obedient, Pastor Adam. Praise God. He is good. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And it just shocks me that you've been in the church that long and you haven't uh, experienced that. I just thought that's what all pastors do. So thank you for that encouragement for me too. Would you please stand today as uh, we read from Mark's Gospel. Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43, reading in Jesus' name. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet, and imploring him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Did you get that? My little daughter is at the point of death. Today's sermon is entitled Pain, Pain, You and Jesus. My friends, that is pain. My little daughter is at the point of death. And this is prayer. 
Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. My friends, that is pain. That is pain. And who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the report about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. That's faith. And she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself the power had gone out of him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling. She came in fear and trembling before Jesus because not only did this issue of blood cause her to be ill for 12 years, it also made her unclean as a Jewish woman. It made her unclean. And anybody that she taught in her uncleanness would be made unclean too. So it frightened her that she was found out. So she came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She thought she was in trouble. But he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Pain, my friends. Pain. Probably no greater pain than to hear that your child has died. But why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to come to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when they had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And the world still continues to laugh at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. Overcome with amazement. May we be overcome with amazement at you and your work in our lives. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. A woman ill, unclean, for 12 years. An illness that could not be cured for 12 years. Unclean, ceremonially unclean, unable to... Uh, to go into the congregation of, of believers to worship because of her uncleanness, separated from people, isolated from people. And then we have a man whose child was dying and then had died. 
But church, that's only two cases. That's only two cases of pain. There is an endless list of pain in this world. Those are just two, two cases. And there is an endless list of painful experiences in this world and in our lives. So first of all, I want to answer the question, what causes pain? What causes pain in our lives? Well, we, we know from the scriptures that it all, fi- all pain finds its, its root, its cause, in the fall, we go back to Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God's commandment. When they chose to believe Satan and not God, when they ate of the forbidden fruit, humanity was plunged into ruin. The human race is now broken. What causes pain? Adam's choice to rebel. But we can't pin it all on Adam. And we can't pin it all on Eve. Pain is actually the fault of the human race. We all share in that original sin. You see, the Bible says that we too sin and we fall short of the glory of God. Pain isn't God's fault. Pain is the fault of the human race. Pain is proof that we are broken and that we are separated from God. We are separated from that ideal which God originally created us to live in, in in the garden without death or pain or mourning or crying or, or any of those things. Pain. Humanity fell. And then it didn't take long for Genesis 4-8 to happen. Genesis 4-8. What happened in Genesis 4-8? Genesis 4-8. Pain was magnified in the life of Adam and Eve. Genesis 4-8 says that Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Pain. Pain. Can you imagine the pain that Adam and Eve felt when their son took his brother's life? Nothing has changed. We live in a painful world. Then Genesis 6-5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So brothers and sisters in Christ, we are all caught up in this thing called the fall. The fall of the human race, the brokenness of the human race. This is why our world is is ruined. This is why life is painful. This is why humans are cruel. This is why death is an ever-present threat. But most of the time, it's not the big stuff like an incurable illness or death, but but it can be the irritations of life. A big part of the fall was thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles. How many of you remember growing up as a kid playing outside and... You ran into the thorns, the blackberry bushes, or you ran into the thistles, or you ran into the nettles. It's the thorns and the thistles that can wear us down. Not only does it ruin a game of hide-and-seek or a game of paintball, believe it or not, I've run for cover into blackberry bushes playing paintball. That's not a smart thing. 
the thorns and the thistles of life, the person who cut you off on the freeway, the rude customer, rising gas prices, the rising price of everything right now, the cranky boss, the disobedient child, the argument with your spouse, and trust me, I still argue with my spouse. We've been married for almost 20 years. The little irritations of living in a fallen world, they wear us down, right? They wear us down. And if you get thrown into the thorns and thistles too many times, you don't want to go on. You grow weary. You want to give up. And oftentimes it's when we get to that point, we don't know. It's not one event. It's not one big event. It's all the little irritations in life that cause us to grow tired. So here enters Jesus. That brings us to Jesus. Jesus is the one who overcame the fall. Did you know that every miracle in the Bible recorded uh, that, that where, Jesus performs a, uh, where Jesus performs a miracle, or, or as we hear of the miracles that Jesus performs today, it's actually a preview of coming attractions. Every miracle of Jesus recorded in the Bible and that we hear of today is a preview of coming attractions, pre, a preview of something greater, a preview of something better that's on the way. Did you know that one day we'll be rescued from this fallen world? Uh, one day there will be complete healing. No more sickness, death, crying, or pain. The Bible says that the old order of things is passing away and that Jesus will make everything new, a new heaven and a new earth. It's that hope which can sustain us today. But you might be saying, what about today, Pastor? What about today? It's, it's, uh, it's nice to hear that there is a better day coming, but where do I find strength in the pain today? You might be saying that I've been stung by the thistles and the thorns of life. Pastor, I'm stung by the fall today. Life is painful now. And I get it. So where do you go? in the midst of pain and difficulty today. The same place uh, we always go, Jesus. Jesus who overcame the fall. Once again, every miracle recorded in the Bible and every miracle performed by Jesus today is proof not only that a better day is coming, but that Jesus has compassion for you today. Where you sit today, it's not something, it's not only something that we look forward to in, in the future, but it's, it's a present Savior, a Savior for day, an everyday Savior who walks with us through the thorns and the thistles of life. So today we walk with Jesus by faith. And I have three things. He's given us some amazing, gracious gifts which strengthen us every single day as we walk through the thorns and the thistles of life. Jesus sustaining you today. Number one, in prayer. What a gracious gift we've been given in the gift of prayer. So number one is prayer. Number two is God's word. What a gracious gift that's given to us that we actually can hear the voice of God when we open his word. And then number three, the fellowship of believers, the church, the community of faith. So prayer, God's word, and the fellowship of believers. Number one, prayer. What is prayer? Well, to 
Pray is to invite Jesus into your pain. That's what prayer is. To pray is to invite Jesus into your pain. Prayer is as simple as Jairus' request of Jesus. He invites Jesus into his pain. He says, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well. Prayer is as simple as this. If, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. Let's not complicate prayer. Prayer is simply to invite Jesus into your pain, believing that he is able to meet us in the thorns and thistles of life. And also to know that Jesus has walked in our shoes. He experienced pain. So we do not have a Savior who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Because he is tempted in every way that we're tempted, and he suffered in every way that we suffered. Actually, he probably suffered much more than we will ever suffer. So Jesus knows pain. He knows pain. He suffered unimaginably. So when you go to him in prayer, he understands. He gets it. He's walked in your shoes. So prayer. Prayer is to invite Jesus into your pain. Number two, God's word. God's word creates and strengthens faith. His word creates and strengthens faith. His word brings us to Jesus, and it brings Jesus to us. You see, you cannot separate the living word, Jesus, from the written word. So when we go to the word, we go to Jesus, and Jesus comes to us. And it's in the word that Jesus comes, and you find strength in the midst of your pain. So God's word creates and strengthens faith. And then number three, the fellowship of believer, believers. The, the church, the family of God, sustains us in the pain. You're not alone. You're not alone. So, so please stop living as if you are alone. Look around you. Look around. See who sits with you today. Be strengthened in the fellowship of believers. You see, in the family of the church, we find strength to keep going. There's an event called the Tough Mudder. Have you ever heard of the Tough Mudder before? Raise your hand if you have. I don't think I'll ever do the Tough Mudder. Maybe I will. Have you ever done the Tough Mudder, Peter? No. No? One day, maybe we, you and I will do it together. Wouldn't that be cool? One uh, participant was a paraplegic. We're going to have a video. You can cue it up, uh, Ian. One such participant was a paraplegic. His name is Josh Landrum. Go ahead and watch it. Felt like that going through life? 
Isn't that cool? Yeah. You ever feel like that in life? Fellowship of believers strengthens us and sustains us. We can't make it through life uh, on our own. We need Jesus, who's our ultimate strength. And we need each other. It's just amazing. Josh uh, Landham never would have been able to climb that obstacle or get over those obstacles without the help and the support of others. That's one of the main reasons that Jesus has given to us the church. It's a family which sustains us and keeps us in life. So living in a fallen world is painful. But we're in this together, brothers and sisters in Christ. Through the fellowship of believers, we find strength. And this is why we gather This is why the gather is so important within our vision. Jesus' plan for the church is a gathered church. A church gathered to support and to help and to encourage one another. But gathered ultimately around Jesus. Because he is our ultimate strength. He is our ultimate support in this life. And for you today, to find help takes a willingness to be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. To open yourself up. To be real. To be real with God and to be real with others. So don't don't wear a mask. I guess we still have to wear masks today. But don't wear the metaphorical mask and cover cover the pain, be open, don't pretend, open your life to Jesus, open your life up to your church, find in God his gracious gifts, the gift of prayer, the gift of his word, the gift of his family, and know that his grace is sufficient for us through whatever we face, let's pray. Lord, we come before you. We are so grateful to you. We are so grateful for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for this gift of prayer. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the fellowship of believers. Strengthen this body. Strengthen us in these gifts. And Lord, for those who are going through difficulties today, those who uh, are walking through the thorns and the thistles of life right now, I pray, Heavenly Father, that that those who need prayer would be open to come to this altar after this service and to receive the prayers that they need. We would all know that this altar is not here uh, to look nice, but this altar is here as a place to find healing and to receive the touch of Jesus through the prayers of God's people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.